Cockpit. If we haven't met yet, I'm Melanie, and you're very welcome here to um, Sunday Night Live. Um, I wanted to, before we get into the sermon, just say a couple of thank yous, really. So this weekend, we've had a lovely time. We've been out on our doorsteps and we've been out in the park, which has just been amazing. I think over this Christmas season, we have met and interacted with hundreds of people through our messy stuff, through the carols, through the doorstep stuff, through the scavenger hunt, through things that have gone out into schools. Like it's been an amazing season and I recognise it's been a hard one too and a costly one. But I know you never get to outgive God. So I, I've seen him show up time and time again in this season. So I'm so grateful. I want to say thank you to Paul and Kay and to Rob and Rove for helping us put together the scavenger hunt. It was absolutely brilliant. And we saw loads of you. So let's give them a, a silent clap. Yeah, well done, guys. It absolutely brilliant, really creative, really helpful. Helped loads of us get out there. And even if you didn't manage to get out there, I hope you've enjoyed our photos on social media. It's been so much fun seeing loads of people interacting with our with our stuff through the scavenger hunt, listening to the story, singing the carols. Absolutely brilliant. And then today we had um, carols on the doorstep. So just wave at me if you sang some carols today out on your doorstep. Yeah, lovely. So we've had loads of people. I've seen loads of photos of people out on doorsteps singing, socially distanced, staying in their in their house household groupings but singing together and worshipping Jesus and laughing together and enjoying one another it's been an absolute joy even us we we've not long moved in here we had several neighbors come out and sing with us and we we met a, a lady a couple of doors down her and her husband who's got a son the same age as Levi and um, he knows Delta which is just crazy when you think how small your world is and um and he's going to go to the same secondary school that Levi's going to and the mum said we've been so worried about who he's going to walk with and what how he's going to get there because a load of his friends live over the other side and I just thought that was so precious and I think God is a God of detail he he's so tender with us as well he's interested in all of our all of all of what goes on in our world it blows me away to be honest so we want to say thank you to Matt and Phil for just putting that together for us as well so let's give them a silent clap <laughs> thanks Matt and Phil your your um your addition to us in terms of worship and carols and your love for Christmas we we just celebrate and honor we really do thank you guys you're amazing so this is the end of our Christmas series love came down and we've been kind of um, using, I've been using a verse when we put it together that's John 3.16, I've tweaked it slightly, but it says, for God so loved the world that he came down to save us. And uh, I recognise that Christmas this year looks painful and it's disappointing in areas and we're right to process this. I want to encourage you as people of God, and even if you don't know God, I want to encourage you to face your pain and face your disappointment. Don't put it away or stuff it down or think uh, there are people worse off than me. Process your own pain and your own disappointment. Cry all the tears you need to cry. Shout, scream, do whatever you need to do to journey through it. But in all of this, I found myself coming to a place where I'm just looking up at Jesus, come, coming back to that place where I'm remembering that his love came down for me, that it's really personal and really powerful and it changes just everything, to be honest. So that love meets me in my stable. So we did that week one, meets me in my stable where I'm at meets me in my heart and in my home and in my house. It's so powerful and it's so purposeful, that love. It comes down for individuals with names and, and hearts 
like God is after hearts he's after worshippers he's after he's after us and that love came down to Bethlehem so it came down to this insignificant unknown town and it came down and spoke things into that town and brought things into being and we remembered that week too that actually you might feel small or insignificant but actually God can speak God can come down and God can change things and then tonight we're going to look at love coming down to to the world coming down to our world and through us the kind of affecting change all around us so tonight I've invited some of our leaders to share what it looks like for them that God's love came down touched down in their heart in their stable in their Bethlehem and then went out into their world and what I'm really hoping is that you will listen and be stirred and you'll be encouraged in your own worlds that actually God is at work and God is doing stuff and as you listen you might think oh I love that I want to get myself some of that I feel like there will be things available for you tonight if you're tenacious and if you want to take hold of it so if you hear a story that you think I love that I want myself some of that in God I feel like these things are going to be available that if you want it come and get it like it's going to be there for you to reach out and grab hold of. So don't just listen to stories and think, oh yeah, that always happens for someone else. Listen to them and draw it into your own life. Say, I want for that God. I feel like God will stir you and I feel like he will remind you that whatever it is you do, wherever it is you are, that you should do it all for the glory of the one who came down that first Christmas for you, but also came down for your world. So he did come down for individuals with names, but he came down for way more than that. He came down for the whole world. And that's what we want you to hear tonight. So I'm going to pass over to Phil, who's going to kick us off, and then we'll run through the other leaders, and then I'm going to help us just apply it to our lives. Thanks, Mel. Hi, everyone. Merry Christmas. Um, Okay, so uh, we were asked to talk about when love came down to us initially. So I'm actually one of those people who's got um, a fab story um, in that I don't remember when love came down to me. I don't remember um, basically not knowing Jesus. I was, was going to say fortunate, lucky, blessed enough um, to be raised in a Christian home. My mum and dad both knew Jesus um, and they raised me to read my Bible. They raised me to sing worship songs. They raised me to know him. And so I don't remember when I got saved. I just know that it became my personal story from as far back as I can remember. Um, I do remember being filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 17 at Spring Harvest, classic, uh, and that was a significant point uh, where I remember the date, but I'm just so grateful to God that actually I feel like I've always known him. Okay, so how does this affect me and my world? How did love come down into my stable? Um, basically, the thing that really um, affects me is that I live with an overriding hope that this world is not it. This is not where it ends. This is not all we have. This is not all there's ever going to be. Um, there is more. And it's God's eternal perspective sometimes that I honestly believe is the only thing that gets me through the day. Um, everything we do on earth has eternal consequences. And knowing that God is bigger and sovereign brings me so much peace. Knowing that actually when everything on earth is just a bit like, oh my gosh, what is going on? There is someone bigger who's in control. And I know he's got me and he's got my heart. Um, and yeah, um, that shapes everything I do. And I also know that when I'm either buzzing or struggling, the only outlet that brings me genuine satisfaction and peace is worship. Um, and I don't just mean singing, uh, but and yeah, just to worship Jesus, to come before him, to sing to him, to cry with him, to dance around when I'm feeling happy and buzzy and as you can probably relate, never has that been more evident and more essential than in this season. Um, he's essential for me. Jesus is essential for me. And I often find myself wondering how anyone makes it through this life without him. I know I certainly couldn't. So practically, how does that work itself out in my world? How does love come down in my world? Um, well, words are really important to me. It says in the Bible that words have power, and I really believe that. Words are so powerful. And I've actually built up a whole business around um, words having power. I make things out of wood. Little example. 
things like this, um, that are basically designed to get truth into people's homes. So pretty much five days a week, what I do is, is making things that speak light and life and truth into people's homes. And I love having the opportunity to do that. Um, so that's how it works itself out in my work world. I often write cards and texts to encourage people because I know that when I receive those, I feel greatly encouraged and I feel like that's God using me, again, using my words to help and bless others. Um, I believe that God uses me prophetically and I think he does everybody who's saved, but I, I feel this quite strongly to quite often see the truth behind sometimes the facade or the outward appearance that people put up. Um, I think you can see this quite a lot, uh, like if you see someone ranting on Facebook or Instagram or something, I feel like quite often God says to me, don't just look at what they're saying, see the pain behind it or the hurting behind it. And I feel like he shows me that quite a lot. That's definitely something that's the Holy Spirit, because I don't think I'd do that otherwise. Um, this is something I feel like he's really grown in me. And I feel like out of that, it is so much easier to speak love into someone's pain than it is to engage in a rant and to get into arguments. And I feel like when we do that, when we speak love into people's pain, God opens up channels for his healing to move in and to rush in and it allows his peace to reign. And I really feel like he's used me in that. That's definitely his work. Um, and then practically in our community, we're very involved with our neighbours. We are blessed enough to live in a cul-de-sac. Um, and now we know every single neighbour in the street, which has been brilliant. Some of them we've only got to know through lockdown. Um, but that's been brilliant. So we are able to shop for them when they couldn't get out, sing carols with them, um, cook for them, listen to them when they need to talk, bake for them, do quite a lot of baking. Um, I even actually had a driveway glass of wine with one of our neighbours a few weeks ago and it was that night where it was absolutely hammering it down and I swear it was like minus 10 degrees, freezing cold, um, but we were sitting out there under umbrellas in our raincoats with a glass of wine on the drive because she was lonely and she just wanted someone to talk to um, and again I just feel like that was God giving me an opportunity. In all fairness you don't often have to persuade me to have a glass of wine with you but um, this time it was definitely just God giving us a chance to speak in. And then we invest in our kids' school quite a lot. Um, we always spend money on presents for teachers at Christmas, Easter, end of term. We take time to write in their cards exactly why we think they are special and why they bless us and how much we appreciate them. Um, and then the final thing is uh, I, I bake quite a lot. I like to bake and I bake with my lovely friend, Sarah High. And once a month we do a bake and bless session and we give cakes out to everybody. Um, we ask God who he wants to bless and we do it in a very practical way like that. And I just want to finish by saying, I'm not saying that I do any of these things to big myself up. I honestly think that 90% of the reason why I do this and show love to the world is because God's first show love to me. I hand over to Matt. Thanks, Hannah. Great job. Bear with. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I don't have to go on a step. My notes are on the screen. There we go. Okay, so... Love came down to me and I met Jesus at university thanks to a series of Christians that he put into my life over a number of years, including friends in the sixth form, the drummer in my band, various people in my halls of residence. And he used those very formative years to teach me that knowing Jesus was about being part of a relationship that involved speaking, listening, learning, changing, growing, ranting, celebrating, being honest and making deliberate time to invest in that relationship and not just about asking, asking, asking whenever I needed his help. It taught me a lot about the character of God and that he loved me so much that he sent Jesus to the cross so we could have this relationship, an interaction, a day by day walking together in this world, exciting and blessed, not always easy, intimate, not separated by distance or heavy curtains or religious rules and regulations, but a God living in me, eternally life-giving relationship. He forgave me for everything I ever did that hurt him and for all that I would go on to do. He gave his life and sent me into a life without condemnation, without guilt, and with the eternal promise of knowing Jesus. And I entered into this beautiful relationship. 
So over the years, this relationship where the love came down to me has started about 24 years ago, has now shaped how I build and develop relationships, how I see myself and how I treat others. I don't always get it right, but he always eventually brings me back and teaches me how to live my life in a way that shows his love working through me to others. And that's when I eventually listen to him. And this is where the truth and importance of this relationship that he revealed to me is so important. And if I don't invest time in pausing, listening, learning, I will probably just carry on doing things in the same old way. I will still share his love, but probably nowhere near the potential that I could if I really invest in that relationship. So a couple of examples how I live this out um, in the world around me. The first one is my marriage. I want to invest in my relationship with Phil in the same way that I do with Jesus. He taught me how to build a relationship with him. And I tried to use that to deepen my relationship with Phil. We deliberately invest in quality and undistracted time together, including but not only our date nights. We speak and try to listen and learn from each other accepting that sometimes we might not understand and we might not agree, but actually accepting we are not so perfect that we are always 100% right. And again, we need to listen and learn from each other. Um, we value and we respect each other. We work this out, we try and communicate openly, which is so important. And we'll probably have to be deliberate about that forever. But without that openness, nothing gets better. And in truth, it probably gets worse. Um, we try to bless each other with kind and encouraging words, with gifts, with demonstrations that we have listened to each other and learned from it. I.e. we actually change our behaviour. Just recently, Phil started to text me things that I have done um, or said that she appreciates or value. And so importantly, she's told me why and how it makes her feel. It's a simple two-line text that I started to reciprocate and it's made me feel so much closer and so much more in love with her. And all of this mirrors the loving relationship that God um, is teaching me how to build with him as I show my love to my amazing wife. So my second example then is um, how love comes down and goes out into my workplace with me. I'm an um, assistant principal in a secondary school. And God has taught me how to believe in myself and the talents he has given me. From a young age, I suffered from a kind of head teacher syndrome, a fear of those in authority over me. It could be a head teacher now or a manager when I was working in industry or a church leader. And it kind of manifested as an inability to be myself, to speak openly. Um, I think it stemmed from a fear of others and perhaps what they thought of me. But it started to break when God showed me how much he loved me. Over recent years, some very challenging situations at work, I've learnt, sometimes in a personally painful way, that God has lovingly equipped me for the role I'm in. And in that role, he's taught me how to stand upon his rock and speak up, to forgive others quickly if they hurt me, to let them know when it's appropriate and to not always expect them to understand or apologise. Um, it's, that's their issue to deal with, not mine. I am called to forgive and then I will be set free by the love of God. And this includes some of the challenging staff and students that I, get, um, that I get the privilege to work with. But unforgiveness leads to bitterness and resentment. Forgiveness from God, it leads to love and it leads to freedom. That's a really important one. And lastly then, I've learned um, to speak up for myself in my work environment when I've been hurt or mistreated, but to speak up for others. And that's how I can show love to them, those without a voice or who are reluctant to use their voice. I hold a position of leadership and I try and use that to serve and help people that I work for and with. Um, sometimes it's just about being honest. Sometimes it's about challenging attitudes and behavior. But if we do this in love to help resolve conflict, to be peacemakers, to show love and help others to grow, we are speaking and demonstrating the truth of God's love and freedom. And like Phil, I can't imagine walking this journey without him in my life. Thanks so much, Matt. Um, really appreciate hearing a little bit of both of your stories. And when, when I listen to people's stories of how God revealed his love to them and uh, how, how they responded. I'm blown away by the fact that they're, they're all different. God doesn't 
have one way of, of working or engaging with, with us. I mean, actually, ultimately, there is, there is one way. God coming to earth as a, as a man to live a perfect life and to pay the price for all our wrongdoing, dealing once and for all with the problem of sin. But what I mean is the way he reveals that to us, the way that he guides us to the place where he can, we, we can accept that truth and yield to him are as various as there are people telling their story. And I guess that's what I want to emphasize tonight is um, that God showed me his love in at least three distinct stages through, through my youth. Firstly, the, the idea of of God becoming a child, like we celebrate now, being born into the world in the way that all babies are, is actually a, a massively challenging concept for many. But for me, it wasn't. And the, the reason why is because I, I grew up in, in a religious family. I wouldn't say that they were, were, were happy clappy, but they believed in God. They believed that Jesus was born to a virgin. They that he lived a sinless life and was crucified and rose back to life after three days. And they taught me this from when I was little. They, they taught me to pray. They taught me that, that God is aware of my actions and that I should respect him. So for me, there was never an issue with love coming down in a baby named Jesus in a stable 2,000 years ago. The challenge for me was more about how that truth affected the way I live my life in the here and now. The second stage was when I was 13, turning 14, and my parents sent me off on a, a residential, which was part of the church's confirmation classes. It was going to be a typically awkward weekend away with a, a bunch of teens I didn't know. And for the most part, that is what it was. But something remarkable happened one evening. One of the leaders said that after supper they were going to have a prayer meeting. It wasn't compulsory, but if anyone wanted to join them, we could. So we all joined them that night, and they led us into a, a time of quiet, expectant prayer, asking God to, to move among us and through us. I can't recall much in the way of words from that evening, but what I do remember was being completely and utterly overwhelmed by God's presence. I was filled with a sense of his power in a way that I had not experienced before. And from that day on, I was very, very aware of him. I was aware that he was with me all the time. You see, I grew up believing that Jesus was God and that he came to pay for our sins. But until that evening, I didn't really feel like he was around, more like that he was sitting on his throne, dealing with very important matters, and that I was on earth, getting on with my life. God taught me that night that it was not enough to acknowledge that Jesus is God, but that I should acknowledge that he is God with us, that he is Emmanuel, that he had all the time in the world to be with me, to listen to me, and to, to speak to me. The third stage was when I was 18. I was in my first year of art school studying graphic design. And by this point, I was learning a lot about the world. I was enjoying parties, freedom, girls, surf trips down the coast. I was still very aware of God's presence, but I would go to a party, I would get drunk and drive home slowly, lie in bed with one foot on the ground, dizzy, and say sorry to God and thank him for keeping me alive that day. I was also being exposed to some interesting alternative worldviews. Art school was full of New Ages, anarchists, Wiccans, born-again Christians, and everything in between. It was a, a hotbed of ideas and discussion. And at the same time, I was being very challenged by some friends who'd become remarkably expressive about their faith. They were challenging me. They were saying that I was not actually a Christian, that I, that I wasn't saved. And I really didn't get it. They made, they made me quite angry. In fact, I remember one night in a particularly dodgy bar, getting this off my chest with another mate, and then driving home slowly and thanking God that he kept me alive that night. 
But God wasn't going to leave me alone. He loved me too much. He'd started a work in my life and he was going to finish it. And what happened, and that, sorry, that happened one night on a, on a beach under a pier where a, a friend of mine sat with me and, and I said to him, I think I know what I need to do. I want to give my life to God. You see, I, I know who he is without any doubt. I can feel his presence without any doubt, but I'm still living for myself. I'm doing whatever I believe will make me happy. And God is saying that I need to give him the reins, that he wants to take control. My friend prayed for me that night and my whole world changed. We don't have enough time tonight for me to, to describe the many ways, but to this day, I can look back at those three stages when God showed me his love. And I know that he will continue till the day I see him face to face. And that's, that's what it means to, to be saved. That's, that's the rock upon which my life is, is built. It, it, it means you know and accept the gospel message. It means that, that Jesus came to, to reconcile us back to God. But it means so much more than that. It, it means that you are tangibly aware of his presence and his guidance in your life. And it means that you, you surrender to him as, as Lord and King with the right to steer you where, where he wants you to go. In Matthew 16, verse 25, Jesus says that whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And for me, God was gracious. He, he showed me what the world had to offer and kept me safe. And at the same time, he showed me what he had to offer. And then he gently guided me to a place where I could choose to, to yield my life to him. And that's, that's true love. That's the kind of sacrificial love that, that our God gives us. And, and it's a love that is available to everyone. Thank you. Oh, good evening. I've got uh, a few slides I just wanted to share with you while I um, talk you through my bits evening. I'm conscious that you're all watching on different devices. So I hope that for the majority of you, this works. Um, so over the next five minutes, I want to share. Uh, I just want to share with you a bit about my journey uh, and how love came down to me and how that has impacted uh, what we do as a family in terms of how we steward the money that God has given us and then how that impacts what I do in the workplace. So my journey began when we moved to the Isle of Wight when I was about four years old. We lived in a really small village at the southern tip of the Isle of Wight in a place called Knighton. And my mum took us to the local Baptist church there. And when I was around eight years old, and this is a picture of me as drawn by an artist, so it must be true. Um, I began praying for my dad to know Jesus. And about six months after starting praying for my dad, uh, he got to know Jesus for himself. And then he went on to get baptized. And on the same day that my dad got baptized, uh, and whilst he was out the back drying himself off, um, and my mum giving him a change of clothes, I went forward and said that I wanted to be baptized and follow Jesus myself. And this decision helped me follow Jesus all through my teenage years. However, between the ages of 16 and 26, I started to question more and more everything I had believed. This culminated in me spending many lunchtimes in my mid-twenties, walking around the Serpentine in Hyde Park, asking God to reveal himself to me if he was real. I was still attending church and I was still listening to sermons. Uh, one sermon really spoke to me. It talked about understanding Jesus's rightful place on the throne, ruling and reigning. But so often we can put ourselves on a throne and demand that Jesus answer to us. And this was exactly what I'd been doing during my walks around the Serpentine. After listening to that sermon, a visiting preacher came to the church that I was attending and he talked about the walls of Jericho. And he asked that anyone who had put up walls in their heart to come to the front so Jesus could take them down like he did with the walls of Jericho. And I went forward and was filled with Jesus's love. I've never been the same since, as I know that love came down to me that day. 
as a result of love coming down, this has had an effect on how we steward the money that God has blessed us with. In addition to tithing 10% of our gross income, which we believe God asks us to do in the Bible, we also use our money in other ways to show God's love. Since we've been married and before we had children, Zach and Esme, we have sponsored a child who is living in poverty through the charity Compassion. So far, we've sponsored a boy called Jeremiah and we're currently sponsoring a girl called Gracia. We also financially support work amongst the most vulnerable in this nation through Centrepoint to give homeless young people a safe place to live and support them in education or in getting a job. And also the work in other nations through Live Village, also for the work there, and in Heather Martin are doing and the Catalyst Network through regular giving. One other thing that we look to do with our money is support people through the giving of gifts where we see a need or where we believe that it will bless an individual or a family. Charlotte is much better than me at identifying and buying the gifts for people, but I'm definitely supportive. And the final area I just wanted to talk about is work, which is where I spend most of my time. I'm a partner at a company called Arcadis, which is the leading global design and consultancy for natural and built assets, which basically means we're involved in anything that you can see or touch. We employ 28,000 people globally, and our vision is to improve the quality of life. At the start of 2020, I was leading a new sector within the UK business, and I was accountable for about 100 people. Nine months into this new role, I was asked to take on the UK head of project management, which means I've got influence over seven to 800 people, both in the UK and outside of the UK. For me, the role of a leader, similar to what Matt has said, is all about um, showing God's love to my colleagues in the way that I can support them and help them thrive in their careers. This means helping to create an inclusive workplace and culture so that everyone has the same opportunities and is treated equally as God intended, as we're all made in his image. And like Phil said, we know that we love because we are loved and we give because we have been given the ultimate gift in Jesus. So I'm now going to hand over to Charlotte, who will share how God's love came down to her and the impact they has had. Hello. I don't have any slides. You're just going to have to look at me, I'm afraid. Um, so I was 14 years old when love came down to me. Um, I'd grown up being taken to church by my mum, but I got a bit bored of it. And my mum suggested that I go on an alpha course that our church was running. And so I did the alpha course and I realised through that course what it meant that love had come down to me personally, what Jesus had done for me in dying on the cross and giving me access to the Father. So I gave my life to him and decided that I wanted to follow him and for that love that came down to lead me and guide me all the rest of my days. And I decided quite early on that I wanted to use the gifts, the skills, the opportunities, the time, the resources that God had given me as much as I possibly could to be his salt, be his light, be his hands, be his feet in whatever situations God placed me in. There's a verse in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 10 that says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that's what I try to do. Do it all for the glory of God so that that love that came down to me gets to go out far and wide through what I do, through the spheres of influence that God gives me. I want to be able to stand before God in heaven and say that I did all that I possibly could with whatever he had given me to make that love, his love, go far and go wide. I want to be able to say to God that I ran the race that he set before me. I want to be able to say that I left everything that I had out there on the playing field. And I know that's a lot of sporting metaphors all at once, but hopefully you know what I mean. I want to give all that I have for God and for his kingdom. Sorry, Ben's scrolly bit is quite a bit more sensitive than on my computer. And so that has looked quite different depending on what stage of life I've been in and what doors God has opened up for me along the way. And at the moment, I've got opportunities in a few different areas and in a few different spheres of influence. So as a mummy of two little ones, I have access to the primary school that they go to. And one of my love languages is gifts. 
as Ben mentioned. So I'm always looking for opportunities to give little gifts, to encourage, to say thank you, to spread that love that came down to me as wide as I possibly can in that place. So just a few examples of how I do that. Um, whenever it's parents evening week at school, I send in a little bar of chocolate and a card to my kids teachers to let them know that I'm thinking of them, that I'm praying for them and that I think they're amazing for what they do. And the chocolate is to give them extra energy to get through the long days that they have that week. It was Christmas dinner day at our school last week, the week before. So I sent in a box of shortbread and some chocolates and a note to the kitchen staff and the lunchtime supervisors to say thank you for all that they'd done to make that happen and how much we appreciated their hard work. I love books. And I know that they have a book corner in each of my kids' classrooms and that they read books together as a class. So this Christmas, um, we decided to send in a couple of kids' nativity books into each classroom as a gift for those classrooms, for the book corners, as a blessing, but also as a way of getting the truth of the nativity story into those classrooms and into the hearts and the minds of the teachers and the children. And I popped the idea onto a WhatsApp group that we have for the school prayer group and some of the other parents did the same, sent books into their classrooms so that that truth of the Christmas story went in and went wide in that place. And so the love that came down to me gets to go out into the school that my kids are at, the classrooms that my kids spend most of their day in during the week, which I just think is such a beautiful opportunity. Um, in the workplace, so I work for one of the big professional services firms. I'm a director in the tax and legal part of our business. And at the moment, I'm working in the strategy and transformation team. And in my role, I have access to a huge number of people who are quite literally spread out all across the world. And I try to do my job to the best of my ability to honour God, to bring glory to him. I look for opportunities to encourage, to honour, to serve the people that I work with and the people that I work for. And one of the truths that always bowls me over whenever I think about it too much is that we, the church, the people of God, bring the very kingdom of God wherever we go. And that might be physically, it might be virtually, but wherever we are, we take that kingdom with us because we have the spirit of God living in us. We literally get to bring the kingdom of God with us in whatever situations that we're in. I'm also the chair of governors at a local secondary school here in Sutton. So I get to use the skills and the training and the experience that I have to be a help and a blessing and a support in that school to help the love that came down to me spread out in that place and in that sphere of influence. I have the chance to work closely with the senior leadership team to be an encouragement and a blessing to them to use my words, my actions, my skills, my capabilities in a way that is hopefully helpful and which builds and makes the school a better place for everyone who learns or works there. There is a lot more I could say, but I think I'm at time. So I think the key message is that for me, love came down and I try to use whatever time, resources, experience, gifting and spheres of influence I have to spread that love far and spread that love wide, to do all that I do for the glory and the honour of God and to bring the reach of his kingdom far and wide. Thank you. Wave if you can hear me. Lovely, thank you. What I'd like to do before we get into the application is just honour and applaud a leadership team that do, like, like I said to Stuart, they're just so authentic. They just love Jesus and they outwork it. So I'd love us just to give them a silent clap, please. Thank you, thank you. We love you guys, like we, we get to do so much. We're so wide. We get to reach out so far because you stand with us. We're so grateful to God for you. I thank God for you literally daily. Um, so thank you. It was really good to hear the different ways that love, love comes down and, and affects 
the world that, that they're a part of. And what I wanted to do is just kind of earth it for us in a few different ways. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to get a little bit practical. I might even ask you to, you know, stand up or stretch out your hands or do something totally wild and crazy. So we shall see. I want to encourage you that if you do not know Jesus as your person as your friend as your savior if you've not experienced what those guys were talking about each of them had stories of love coming down to them I want to encourage you to stretch out your hands to him and I would do this in the simplest of ways I would just say Jesus I want to know you I want to know that love that came down at Christmas time I want to know it and I want to say sorry for the things in my life that, that just haven't married up or haven't met your kind of perfect standard. I want to repent of those things, sort those things out. And I want to follow you. Mm. I think it is by far the best decision you will ever make. So I unashamedly put that offer out there because I think I, I've never made a better choice in my life than the choice to follow Jesus I think it has not only shaped me, it has caused me to be the person that I'm supposed to be. It's caused me to be all that I am. And, and I, I will always offer that and love him. I think he is outstanding. So if you don't know him yet as your personal saviour, I would suggest tonight that you make that decision to follow him, to allow his love to come down to you. I want to remind you that the Bible says, for God so loved the world. So that means you, that means everyone in it, that he came down to save it. So he didn't stand off at a distance, he came down to rescue, he came down to be close to you. So I would not, I would not ignore that if I was you. Um, I would make a choice to follow him. It, it can be that this Christmas, everything changes for you and it doesn't change your personality or change what job you do or it can do, but it doesn't do that. What it does is it makes you right with God. And so your heart is right with God, your feet, everything about you is right with God. And you can then just carry on doing life with Jesus. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you've done that and you want some help, I would love to be helpful. It is one of my most favorite things to do to help people meet Jesus, but then also walk with him. So if you need some help with that, please give us a shout. So I want to ask you for a few things. I, I want to run through a few things that get you to pray and get you to call out. So if you are a parent, I want to tell you that your kids are not your world. So you're not to order everything around them, but they are the place where love can come down and go out wide. So if you are a parent of a kid, so you're a mummy, a daddy, you might be a grandparent, you might be a godparent, you might be investing in kids. I want to ask you to stretch out your hands because actually this love comes down to you and goes out to them. And it is probably the, the best thing you can do for your kids is introduce them to the person of Jesus. And you have a world where you can affect massive change. Who knows where your kids are going to go and what they're going to do. So I want to ask you to stretch out your hands and we're just going to pray. I want to ask you to ask God in your home where you are to help you understand that his love came down for you and them. And I want to ask you to ask him to help you parent, to help you lead your kids, train your kids to give you patience and grace and mercy, to give you breakthrough moments, to help you ground in them that they're so loved. Imagine a generation that goes out there knowing that they are loved, that they are secure. Imagine a generation that knows their identity in Jesus, young. Just ask God for that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, I want to ask you now, if you are someone who got to know Jesus under the age of 10, so his love came down to you under the age of 10, I want to ask you to stretch out your hands now. So you are under 10. 
when Jesus met with you. I feel like a couple of the stories God wants to just meet with you now and redeem your story. Uh, Phil said that she's always known him and that is incredible. And I think sometimes God just wants to change your mind about that. Sometimes you feel like you don't have a great story or, and it limits your ability to go out into the world. It limits his ability to work through you because you've not grasped how incredible it is that you've always known him. I want my boys to have that story that they've always known him. So I feel like even now he just wants to speak into your heart and he wants you to get really comfortable with your story and tell your story. It's not a hindrance. It's not a terrible story that you've always known the saviour. It is an incredible story. And so I want to pray right now that he would redeem your stories, that you'd have courage to tell your stories, that your story would replicate itself. That you would change your world by accepting first the way in which he saved you, the things he did in your formative years. I feel like even for some of you, your teachers and you understand that under 10, those formative years are crucial. And God just wants to tap into that and say, yes. Jesus, Jesus. And I pray for courage to tell your stories. If you run your own business, I want you to stretch out your hands. So you run your own business. Or if you know that there is a business inside of you. So there's a business in you that is to come out. I want you to stretch out your hands. So I feel like God wants to touch down on businesses There'll be so many things that don't survive this pandemic. I want to ask that, that yours would survive, that things that we make and do with our own hands here would survive, that there will be new businesses that come out. So if you know there's a business in your heart, I feel really drawn to Pete Twill, so I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. I feel like maybe there's a business um, for you, and so I'm saying it out loud because I, I, I feel really drawn to your name and your face, and I think, oh, what, as I'm talking about business, I just think I'm going to throw it out there, and maybe it's not for your own business. Maybe you will encourage others or support others or help others. I'm not sure. But I feel like that's in the mix somewhere. So I'm going to ask you to stretch out your hand too. And Jesus, I just want to pray for businesses, for businesses to get off the ground, for businesses to be creative, for businesses to alter and shift and be able to make it through whatever's going on. I pray for finances to be released, Lord Jesus for creativity to be released. There might even be a nervousness in this new season where people think, well, should I, shan't I? I pray for courage to rise up. And I pray for, I pray for businesses to prosper. I pray for adaptability and prosperity, that, that we would see businesses that alter and shift and make it through and prosper. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray for great men and women with strategic thinking and sight to be able to negotiate a way through this. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I want you now to stretch out your hands for your neighbours. Okay, so some some of these guys told stories about their neighbours. I know, like like Rose telling me stories about her neighbours. I'm loving hearing the stories of what's going on of of people who've been out with their neighbours over this time. And so I want you to stretch out your hand now for your neighbours and say to God, "Will you? Would you love come down to me and go out to them?" Would it affect them? Would it change them? So just stretch out your hands and just pray for your neighbours. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I want for our neighbours to experience you, to know you, to know your goodness and your kindness. 
Lord Jesus, to know your love that comes down and is so incredible. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I want it to change things. I want it to alter things for them. I want them to see and know, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stretch out your hands if you work in a school or you have a position of authority or responsibility within a school. So you might be like Charlotte, a governor. So it might be that actually your role in the school is, is of a different level. It might be that you go in to support schools. Um, but if you have a role in school, I just want you to stretch out your hands. And I want you to ask God for his love to come down and affect the places that you stand. The teams that you speak into, the kids that you speak into. If you have a role because you're, you're involved, I have a role in my kids' school because I look after the, the prayer team and I also serve on the PTFA. So I have a role in my kids' schools um, and I want to be influential. So just pray for your kids' schools or pray for the schools that you teach in or invest in or serve. Yeah, Jesus, ask for your love to come down. Lord Jesus, to those schools, to those places, to Lord Jesus, to our lives, to us, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please let your love come down and let it go out. Let it come down and go out. Let it come down in our schools. Let it go out into our schools. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. If you have a family member who doesn't know Jesus and you so want them to know Jesus, I loved it when Ben said, I just prayed and prayed and prayed and my dad got baptised and that, that was, God did, God clearly did something in his life in that. I just want you to pray now for the love that has affected you to affect your families. Um, and I recognise that in this painful time, interacting with families and chatting with families is coming with such a lot of pain and disappointment. But there's also opportunity for God's love to speak in. So I want you to pray now for your families. Pray for those that don't know Jesus. Pray that God will meet with them, speak to them. Pray if there's pain and disappointment in the mix, just pray for them. Jesus. Jesus, please, Lord, just come and And then I want to pray for you. If you know that you have finances available to you that you want to, that you want to send out, you know that God's given you a job where you can release finances. I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for you if you live on the edge. So financially, month by month, you are basically living hand to mouth. There are some months where you just think, I don't know if we'll survive or not. And then you go again. I want to pray for the two extremes, if that's OK. I want to pray for you if you know that there's something in you to earn and to give away. Um, and I want to pray for you if you know you live on the edge and you're crying out to God for, for, for provision, um, asking him to break through. I want to ask that he would come. Is that all right? So let's stretch out our hands. Jesus, Jesus, we're asking that your love would come down, that your love would affect our finances, Jesus, that you would release finances for work amongst the poor, for breakthrough areas, and that you would release finances personally to us, Lord Jesus. We long to see your salvation come. We long to see... Um, people's lives altered changed lord jesus lord jesus lord jesus okay so finish up i'm just going to ask you to stretch out your hands i feel like god's love wants to come down for your workplace for your homes for you he just wants to come down and meet with you and he wants to go out but he wants to go out 
with you. We want us to meet with you and then go out into your world with you. So just stretch out your hands and just ask him to come and meet with you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, just come. Lord Jesus, we think your love is amazing. We think your love is incredible, Stuart. Stuart. Jesus, we thank that you have come down. Yeah.